It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is in Pennsylvania. We're just north of Philadelphia. I'm on campus at Cabrini College, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. Excellent. Thank you so much, Cabrini College, for hosting the Adam Rich Show. We travel the country to look for inspiring stories, and we found one here at Cabrini with Emily Dayton. We bring Emily on the show now. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. We've heard about this prevention of suicide initiative that you took it upon yourself to start. Is this in your hometown? Yes. And uh, where is this? And tell us about this initiative. Uh, I'm from Manasquan, New Jersey, and we have the largest suicide cluster in the country. So I was a freshman in high school in the first boy completed suicide. So we, my family started because of the suicides. We're not a suicide prevention group. We're kind of like an awareness group for everything, drugs, bullying, you know, that kind of thing. And in New Jersey, you're saying it's the, did I hear it's the highest rate of suicide in the country is in your hometown? We're the largest suicide cluster. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so you just, you and your family took it upon yourself to bring awareness to this issue. Um, not only in your hometown, but now across the country, people are learning about this. What do you guys do? Uh, well, we have wristbands. We're called You Cannot Be Replaced. So we have wristbands that are marked with I Cannot Be Replaced on them, and they're supposed to be passed. So someone will wear it for an X amount of time, and then once they see someone who they think needs it more, they'll go and they pass it to them. You Cannot Be Replaced. Mm -hmm. And is there a digital property, a website or something we can look mm -hmm. at? Yep, it's YouCannotBeReplaced.com. You cannot be replaced.com. Emily, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the initiative to start this and to share it with us and our listeners. Uh, we love to learn about young adults across the country that get involved, try to make this planet a better place. It's inspiring to me. It makes me want to help out more. So, Emily, thank you so much. Let's have a round of applause for Emily and everybody here at Cabrini College. Thank you so much. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. We are on location in Richmond, Virginia at Virginia Commonwealth University. It's VCU. We're with the uh, head men's basketball coach, Shaka Smart. Hi, Shaka. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am uh, just fine. I can't thank you enough for the hospitality here at VCU. Uh, world famous now for the basketball team after all your recent successes. I know uh, the, the cliche is that uh, it took you, you know, a decade to have overnight success or <laughs> however long you've been in coaching since your playing days at Kenyon College uh, and now one of the uh, most high-profile, well-respected head men's basketball coaches in America. We love to have your perspective on this social awareness public affairs radio show about some off-the-court issues. Uh, you'll talk to ESPN about, you know, the, the tip-off and free throw percentages, but uh, we like to talk to you about character, integrity, uh, community service, uh, maybe some of the um, uh, philanthropies you guys work with here in the Richmond area. Uh, let's start with community service. What do you guys do, uh, you and your team uh, here in the area, to uh, try to help out the community? Well, community outreach is very, very important to us, Adam, because you know, VCU is Richmond's team. 
Uh, we're right here in downtown Richmond, and the people that come watch our games, the people that support us, are the people that make up the Richmond community and the community in the surrounding uh, three counties. So for us, it's very, very important to be engaged and involved uh, with everyone in, in this area. So we do a wide variety of things. Uh, probably our favorite thing to do is go to schools mm -hmm. uh, just because uh, the kids uh, have such an unbelievable passion uh, around here for VCU and for the game of basketball that when our guys show up in their classroom, uh, the response we get is uh, it, it's on one hand very humbling, uh, on another hand extremely exciting and something that, that, that uh, our guys really enjoy. So we end up getting more out of those type of situations than even the kids that we're mm -hmm. going to see. But we don't stop there. We uh, love to uh, reach out to people that uh, obviously are, are less fortunate uh, than, than some of our guys. Uh, you know, unfortunately, there's some uh, youth that uh, are, are struggling with cancer and, uh, you know, debilitating diseases that uh, are, are in uh, a tough position in terms of having to overcome odds and overcome adversity. Again, it's something that uh, we really enjoy getting a chance to spend time around people like that because if we can lift up their day and lift their spirits, uh, that, that's something that we feel good about. And then at the same time, it gives you a real sense of perspective and appreciation uh, for the opportunities that, that you have in your own life. Uh, then one other uh, type of community outreach that, that, that I'd love to mention is, and this is a, a unique one for our guys, is uh, outreach to people that are, that are in the justice system. Uh, we've done quite a bit uh, with uh, you know, juvenile uh, justice system. We've, done, we've gone to the uh, local jail. We've gone to prisons. And uh, again, it's, uh, it's an opportunity to be around some people that uh, hopefully can benefit from you know, seeing us and spending time with us. But again, it's something that we can benefit from. Maybe we can learn from some people that made some bad choices mm -hmm. and are now on the road to recovery and, and are learning from those choices. So those are a few of the areas that, that we focus on. Yeah, I can see how uh, some parents might want their kids to go visit a jail just once so they can see this is a place you never want to be. So not only do your players get to go there to help out the inmates that are there, um, but it's also a great reminder to them this is a place you don't want to end up. Well, it, it, it is. And, you know, for, for our guys, uh, I think part of our job as coaches is to let them know the impact of the choices that they make. And as you know, Adam, you know, when, when you're young, uh, sometimes you don't fully understand uh, mm -hmm. the consequences uh, of your decisions. But, uh, you know, our guys have done a really good job of uh, learning from others and learning from each other. And that's really what it's all about. It's a, it's a growth process. None of us are perfect. Uh, nobody makes every decision exactly the way it should be. But if we can learn from, you know, the mistakes that uh, others have made, that we've made in the past, then hopefully that can make us better. Shaka Smart is our guest, the head men's basketball coach at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. We're talking community service. You mentioned your guys go to elementary schools and, and work with kids, um, mentor kids. And I just want to ask from, a, I guess, a comedy perspective, uh, any funny stories on uh, a first grader looking up at one of your guys who's six and a half feet tall and maybe being 
frightened because they're giant or just running up and hugging them, hugging their leg because they perceive them as like a mascot at Disney World or? No, we get, we get a lot of that, Adam. We, you know, and again, it's, it's always really interesting to watch the way our guys respond to the way that they get treated when they go to these schools because uh, for some of these young kids, uh, our players literally are, are their idols. And so they, some of these young kids will, will attach themselves. They'll run and jump on a guy's leg and hold on <laughs> for dear life, and they won't let go. Uh, but you asked for funny stories. I, you know, one of the schools we went to, uh, this, was, this was last school year, uh, we were doing a presentation on just communication and the way that you stand up in front of a, a crowd and, and uh, speak your mind and, and answer questions. But somehow there got some music involved and it, it turned into an impromptu dance contest and all of a sudden there was 300 kids in the audience dancing against our players and they were they, they were going back and forth but again that's the exact type of engagement that we love uh it wasn't anything that was scripted uh, but it was just uh real and, and it was a, a, an opportunity where we were spending time together uh having a lot of fun vcu rams uh some success recently final four for you as well and you've got the athletes you've got the basketball players uh, let me ask you about maybe one or two of your former players i'm going to put you on the spot pull a name out, out of your head uh, for a guy that's moved on, not to the NBA or athletics, but a guy who's come through your program who is now doing uh, some amazing things in the real world, uh, whether it's his uh, family, fatherhood, uh, his faith, his job, his career. Um, and he got to that point from coming through your program. Is there a guy out there you'd like to brag about? There is. There's, there's a lot of guys I like to brag about. Um, now, I I don't think the credit necessarily go. It does not go to us. It goes to the young man and, and the young men that have, uh, you know, accomplished great things after VCU. Uh, but probably the most unique uh, non-basketball profession uh, that that guys have gone into is uh, we have a player that graduated last year, a little over a year ago, named David Hinton, and he's uh, now in the Secret Service, and. You talk about, you know, you would think the selection process to be a part of a sports team, college or professional, is, is very strenuous. It's nothing compared to what it takes to get into uh, an organization like the Secret Service. It was literally for him a nine-month process. They came down here and interviewed everyone that interacted with this young man during his five years at VCU. Uh, they interviewed everyone from back in Winston-Salem, where he's from. Uh, but he made it, and he made it through their version of basic training. Uh, now he's up in D.C. Uh, going through some more training. Uh, really, really excited about him. He came down to practice last, last weekend, and he's wearing a Secret Service shirt. Uh, <laughs> but it's just great to see guys uh, move on to things that uh, are, are even bigger than what they did here. Well, you'll have to make sure you get him you know, courtside seats f for the next several years so that maybe he can get you into the White House at some <laughs> point or get you uh, the, the nuclear codes, maybe. <laughs> we'll take the White House. <laughs> we'll take the, uh, the offer to go there. But just, just so proud That's of him cool. and all of our guys. And, you know, I, I do think that we have a responsibility as coaches to help these guys become the best version of themselves in their four years with us. And, uh, you know, if parents 
give us the opportunity to, to mentor these guys, and we take that very, very seriously. Uh, and it's not just on the court. We're dealing with whole players, whole people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that, that uh, I always remind our staff that we have to keep in mind. Shaka Smart, head men's basketball coach, Virginia Commonwealth University, uh, to be in your position. I'm sure you've had a lot of mentors in your life, people you look up to. Again, let's talk about your mentors. If you want to pull one out of your, out of your hat uh, and talk about this person. I've had a ton of great mentors, as you mentioned, Adam. I, if you ask me for one, I have to say my mom. Uh, she, she raised me uh, and my three brothers in a single-parent home. And although she's never coached one day in her life, uh, without knowing it, she's the best coach that I ever had. And uh, when I was growing up, she, we, my brothers and I had very few rules, uh, very, very few rules. In fact, a lot of kids in our neighborhood were envious of, uh, of that fact. But the rules that we did have were non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew never, ever to come home with a grade that was unacceptable to her. And her standard was very, very high. Uh, and because of that, uh, she, she taught me uh, values and she taught me to have certain standards. And those things stuck with me long after I left home. That is fantastic. Uh, what, what uh, could I ask what the standard was? Was it a, a B minus or was it an A minus? Well, the, the standard was a D plus in my house. That's why I have a radio show. <laughs> It depended. Uh, normally, the standard was an A. Uh, I won't say that I, that I always got an A, but uh, you know, every once in a while, there there was a couple Bs in there. But you know, between my brothers and I, we were all very good students. Uh, and I think I know the reason why. There's only one reason, and that's because of the expectation mm-hmm. that my mother put on us. And she just, she knew it was unacceptable to do anything less. And uh, I appreciate her for that. Her name's Monica King, by the way. I think you know sometimes people talk about their moms and they never they never say their name. So my mom, Monica King, best coaching mentor I ever had. That is great. Okay, and uh, I know you're a busy guy. You got to get some film under your belt tonight. So I'll ask you this uh, final question, just for fun. Now, when you played in college at Kenyon College, uh, can you share a moment with us when you maybe hit the game-winning shot or your best memory from on the court? My best memory from on the court. Well, I, I played at Kenyon College, as you mentioned, which is a Division three school. So I would say we probably averaged a few hundred fans at our games. So it's, it's night and day compared to – we're fortunate here at VCU. We sell out every game. Mm-hmm. So every single home game we have uh, a packed arena with thousands of people there. Now, I've been to Kenyon College, and it's a beautiful campus. I mean, it really looks like a movie set, but uh, it is small. It's a tiny school. So how many people were at your games? A hundred? It depended on the game, but uh, <laughs> let's just say that there was, you know, there was, pro- you know, we have practices at VCU where there's more people <laughs> that attend practice than we're at the games. But just the opportunity to compete uh, and, and, and play college basketball and just the memories, I think, with, the, with your teammates. The thing that our guys don't understand at the age of 18 to 22 is the closest friends you're going to have for the rest of your life are literally the people that you play college basketball with. And that's something that's very, very special to me. And if I could go back, uh, I would certainly love to replay some games. Uh, but the thing that, that I cherish the most and that, that I would go back and experience again if I could 
is just the camaraderie with the guys in the locker room, on team trips, in the dorm. And that's something that people that don't participate in sports never really fully understand. Well, thank you, Coach, for all of your insights. Shaka Smart, VCU Rams basketball. We'll be watching you uh, on the court, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks so much, Adam. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Welcome back to the broadcast. Uh, I'm excited to have our, our next guests, uh, Zach. Hi, Zach. How are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you? And your friend here, your brother right here. You're in a fraternity, so yeah. he's your brother. This is uh, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We travel the country. We travel the world to find interesting stories of philanthropy and community service. And I hear you guys are part of an initiative at IU, Indiana University, that raises so much money. Uh, tell me all about it. What is it? How do you get the money? Who gets the money? What's going on at IU? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, actually, we got into uh, it's called IU Dance Marathon. And Alex and I actually got into it through uh, our fraternity, Sig, Sig Ep, Sigma Phi Epsilon. Uh, we join it every year. And um, it, it's a huge all student run philanthropical organization where we raise money and then uh, they have roles that everybody plays. So uh, Alex and I were dancers, and to be a dancer, you raise money through, uh, you know, fundraising, friends, family, whoever, and then you pay an entrance fee of $500 at least, and that's how the dancers get in, and that's kind of how they play their part. And uh, almost the entire Greek organization uh, takes part in it. And uh, this year they actually raised $2.1 million, a God, little bit over. That's unbelievable. $2 million from, yeah. a, from a student-run uh, philanthropy. That's, you know how much money that is, right? And you know compared to other, I guess, colleges and their philanthropies, you know that is just an unbelievable uh, amount of time, effort, money, the service involved. I mean, that's fantastic. Congratulations to you guys and IU, and it's, I'm still, I'm floored that you told me $2.1 million. That is, do you skim off the top? Do you have a big party? Buy yourself some pizzas? I mean, come on, $2.1 million. Uh, yeah, uh, SIGAP as an organization did uh, 14000 this year, and um, so it's a 36-hour it's dance marathon, actually. All oh, the dancers awesome. and all the workers come. It's 36 hours. We meet some Riley kids. It's all for Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis. Uh, that's where all the money goes, all the donations. Um, we have a bunch of guest speakers. You know, We'll have Zumba instructors coming at 3 in the morning to get everyone going. They have a morale team there. It's a, it's a huge organization. The, the university lets us do it in one of the field houses, one of the practice facilities. Um, played basketball with Victor Oladipo and some, some Riley kids there. And uh, then Tom Crean spoke to the whole uh, student organization who was, uh, who was there. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was really cool. It was probably one of the most uh, fulfilling experiences of my life because, you know, you get to the end of it and you're tired and your feet hurt and you're kind of wondering why you agreed to do it. And then they tell you you raised $2.1 million and you were a part of that. And it's just like... You're floored. You know, the kids, the parents of the kids come up and say thanks, and it's well, awesome. One of, one of the coolest things, I think, was the, the IU basketball team involvement. I mean, it's such a huge event on IU's campus, and to have those guys come out and show support for the dancers, I mean, even though they've got practices, even though they've got two-a-days, and especially Tom Crean, who's so involved with Indiana University, uh, he came out and he gave a speech that just lifted everyone up. I mean, I'm almost pretty sure that uh, I know IUDM, hashtag IUDM, was uh, trending on Twitter throughout almost the whole dance marathon. I think Tom Crean was trending when he, uh, when he came in to speak for us so I mean his involvement and the whole basketball team's involvement was just amazing uh, to you know uplift the dancers okay so hashtag IUDM for Indiana University Dance Marathon 
Uh, what are the, uh, speaking of social networking, uh, is there a Facebook page devoted just to the dance marathon? How can we learn more uh, digitally how to be involved with this? Maybe even donate some money. Well, there's, there's definitely a Facebook page, uh, Indiana University Dance Marathon, and they might even have the 2013 one set up already. Um, there's also a Twitter, Indiana University Dance Marathon, and each individual dancer has a page um, on their Riley's uh, to, to give money, to give donations, where they'll post to their Twitter and they'll post to their Facebook, where really anyone who sees it can go give money, your family, your Facebook friends. Um, you always call, you know, your, your relatives, they give some money, but a lot of Facebook friends and, uh, you know, relatives that are far off that see it give money too. So it's, it's a huge initiative with uh, social media as well. So out of the, uh, all these students, hundreds of students involved with doing this, how many of these students actually dance during the dance marathon? Let's see, there were... All, all, every single Greek organization did it, and usually every single incoming class did it. So at least, let's see, around 60 Greek organizations, yeah. and then uh, at least 20 per organization. I mean, you got that there, and then you got all the student-run functions that always uh, put in people, IUSF. Um, IUDM has their own dancers. There's individual dancers as freshmen. Alex, so, did you dance? I danced. I danced for 18 hours right <laughs> on my feet. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was, it was quite the experience. I'm, I'm not going to lie, at times I was tired, but every time you get really down and you think that you can't dance anymore, O'Reilly's kid comes up and you just feel really selfish that you're yeah. complaining about 18 hours when they've been in a bed and they've been through surgeries and so much their whole life. So it's, it's, it helps you get you through it. Did, uh, Zach, did you dance? I did dance. Um, actually, what really floored me the most is that the university doesn't put this on. This is entirely student-run. It's entirely student-set up. And so uh, there are people that work on this for six, eight, ten year-round students that, that are really dedicated to this cause. And uh, so I, I danced. I was also an 18-hour dancer, and it was... Uh, it's, it's got a lot, like Alex said, you know, you'll get to a point where you're getting tired and you sit down or, you, you know, talk to a Riley family or a Riley kid who comes up and says, you know, thank you so much. Like, you have no idea how much this means to me or, or you know, this organization helped pay for my daughter's surgery. And, like, it, it can bring you to tears, you know. It can bring you to your knees. And it's, uh, it's a really powerful and moving experience. That's hugely important. Uh, Zach and Alex from Indiana University, part of the IU Dance Marathon, which most recently raised uh, over two. $2 million for Riley's Children's Hospital. Thank you. And before I let you go, i got to ask you real quick, since you're uh, IU fans and students, and you got a chance to hear Tom Crean speak, I mean, he's got to be omnipresent walking around campus. You're almost hanging out with rock stars. I mean, I think my first week on campus, I was, uh, I was riding my bike to one of my classes, and I saw Oladipo, and I was just so starstruck. I was like, <laughs> hey, uh, Victor. Victor, and he looked at me, and I was just like, hey, hey, and I just rode away. I just felt so stupid, but I was just <laughs> so starstruck. But uh, as you said, Tom Crean on campus, I mean, he's out there before the uh, a, a lining up for uh, general admission when everyone's out there, you know, a, as early as they can be. He goes out there and pumps up the crowd. He's one of I, I'm the best, most involved coaches on, you know, in, in NCAA. How about for you, your best uh, IU basketball experience so far on campus? Uh, well, actually, my first IU basketball experience um, – was years and years ago, um, I got to meet um, Tom Coverdale, but uh, my oh, most cool. recent uh, kind of, I have two actually. My senior year, I was walking back from the stadium. I was on a tour day. I was actually staying with my cousin uh, who also goes to IU, and I'm walking back, and I'm, I'm near the library, and I see this really tall guy across the street, and I'm like, that guy's really tall. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's Cody Zeller. So I shouted to him, and he kind of looked at me, and I was like, I think I made the biggest fool of myself. But the, the worst thing was I was driving through campus 
uh, three or four weeks into school, and Tom Crean was jogging, and he was jogging across the street that I was driving on, and I was so like shot, like shell shocked to see Tom Crean like living in the f- flesh for the first time that I almost actually hit him with my car, and uh, he kind of looked at me like, "Whoa!" <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. On behalf of basketball fans, coast to coast, thank you for not running over Tom Crean. <laughs> Yeah, that would have that would have probably made me the most hated person on IU's campus. So I'm uh, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for your service, uh, and uh, thanks for just letting me hang out with you. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Luke Christie, the National Youth Chairman for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. For more information and to make a donation to MDA please visit us online at mda.org. Thanks. And now, back to the Adam Ritz Show. And the Adam Ritz Show rolls on from Ames, Iowa, on the campus of Iowa State University. We're blessed to have with us the head coach of the Cyclone football squad, Paul Rhodes. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Adam. It's, uh, it's inspiring for us to meet head coaches, especially in Division I college football, the Big 12. It's big-time football, and I like talking to the head coaches about uh, some off-the-field issues, about dealing with character. And, you know, these are some issues you have to deal with with your own players. Uh, it takes a high-character kid. It takes a kid with a lot of leadership skills to be able to play this level of football. How do you approach those uh, type of topics with your kids? Well, First of all, it starts in the recruiting process, in, in my mind. And when our coaches go out on the road, uh, that's the young man we're looking for, a young man with uh, high integrity, high character, honesty, uh, wants to achieve in the classroom, get his college degree, and so forth, making those conversations when they get on campus that much more easy. Um, I'm talking about it all the time. I'm, I'm talking about character, behavior, attitude, every bit as much as I'm talking about X's and O's with our kids. So we, we don't ever shy away from those topics. So you say it starts with recruiting. Does that lead me to believe that maybe you have a, a scholarship for, for two guys and definitely the guy that has a, a better attitude is going to get that scholarship? Does the character issue really come into play, uh, what if, even if he's the most talented five-star athlete out there? Because I'd love to hear that that guy's not going to make it because of the bad character. There's no, <laughs> there, there's no question um, that it's a tiebreaker. Okay. And, and uh, with with limited scholarships, uh, and 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 we've got well over the number of players on our recruiting board for the number of scholarships we got. And when we're coming down to those decisions about offering or taking commitments, um, yeah, t- taking that kid that we don't think is going to get in trouble, that's going to make the best decisions, whether it be game day or or any time during the year, is is going to be a tiebreaker. Iowa State Cyclones head football coach Paul Rhodes is joining us, and I want to talk about academics. I got a a tour of your new facility here, and in the locker room, in the locker room, there's a computer lab for homework, projects, uh, internet, uh, research. I've seen a lot of Division I college locker rooms, and I have not seen an academic uh, research computer lab in a locker room. Was that your decision? It leads me to believe you've got a very – academics is at the forefront of your program. It is, and, and uh, it was our decision. The, the, the fingerprints of this new facility uh, are, are completely ours. Um, we, we, we left out the pool tables. We left out the pinball machines, but we didn't leave out the computers, and, and we feel we got everything that our kids need uh, to be successful, both on the field and off the field, and that's something um, that their time is spent on, and, and we've observed it since we've moved in, and, and uh, we're, we're proud of that. 
I didn't notice that until you just said it. You're right. There's no pool table in the players' lounge. No, um, <laughs> we, we we did give them some gaming machines and all that, but uh, you know they like their music, they like their TV, and they they like to play the uh, the Wi-Fi and, and those kinds of things. So so we, we got that there for them. But uh, yeah, we left out some of the other frivolous things. Well, maybe if the Cyclones win a national championship, that's the carrot in front of the horse. I'll get you guys a pool table if you win the national championship. That, that that'll be the third story on a building, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rhodes, can't thank you enough for joining us have a great season adam thank you very much you can catch up with the adam ritz show online podcasts of recent shows including this one can be found at adamritzshow.com like us on facebook at facebook slash adam ritz show or follow at adam ritz on twitter in today's charity update we want to give a shout out to the north carolina tar heels women's basketball team for working together with Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity for hosting a scrimmage to raise money and awareness for the Josh Level Foundation. This scrimmage, entitled Ball is Life, helped raise money and awareness for the Josh Level Foundation in North Carolina. The game Ball is Life raised money and awareness for the Josh Level Foundation. Kappa Alpha Psi Vice President Joseph Level's younger brother, Josh. Uh, In February of 2013, the 17-year-old Josh Level died after collapsing during a high school basketball game from myocarditis, a viral disease that causes inflammation in the middle of the heart muscle. For more information, Google it, North Carolina, Josh Level Foundation, and Ball is Life. Congratulations uh, to the North Carolina women's basketball team and Kappa Alpha Psi at the University of North Carolina. I'm Adam Ritz. Thanks for listening today. We look forward to having you be part of the show each and every week right here on this radio station. For more information about this show, you can always learn what you need to know at adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.